Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. And it's happy Friday, everybody. It's October 14, 2022. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Steve Schultz, along with my wife, Doreen. We are in year 25 of bringing you the voice of the prophets. We have a really special guest today. Everyone knows who Robin Bullock is, but many of you have not yet heard his daughter, Krista Bullock, who is just as anointed. Uh, so we're going to bring her on in just a few minutes. So we've been, uh, she is often on Elijah Fire, which is our other program that we run during the week. And that's Jeff Tharp uh, oversees that program. So Jeff, Jeff has uh, um, a little bit of a younger crowd, so he has her on very often. But we, we hope to have Krista on way more than just this once. So you're going to be very blessed by her. Uh, we're going to show you today's American Warrior premiere. So let me just read a little bit of a description, and then we'll play that trailer for you. So Mark Werges and several high school buddies volunteered for Vietnam, partly as revenge for the loss of a high school friend in Vietnam. His teachers tried to talk him out of it to no avail. Mark tells his story of survival of the longest and most intense battle of Vietnam, the Battle of Khe Sanh, and it's 77 wow, days of hell. Mark came back a changed man. Most of his friends didn't come back at all. Today's episode is a remarkable story leading to where he is today, so we'll go ahead and play that clip. First day in Vietnam is a lot of fear of the unknown. My father got a lot smarter real quick when I flew out to Quezon. Those grunts were heroes. The whole battle lasted about 77 days. It was continually constant firing. I mean, it, it's a violent thing. It's not like where you can turn the sound down on the TV. These explosions are, are rattling your teeth. And these Marines were the toughest guys in the world. They were the best. Purple Heart, the Navy Combination, National Defense Medal, the Vietnam Service Medal, Vietnam Campaign, and Vietnamese Cross Gallery. It's quite a homecoming for a lot of Vietnam veterans when they had the service here. And it's part of the history being taught to these young kids what's a veteran. Man, I can't even imagine it. I came that close to being drafted into Vietnam. I, I, can't, I don't think I could have lasted in it, but uh, I'm not that kind of, I don't feel like I have the enemy, but if you had to go, you had to go. The draft was the draft. And I I think if I remember the details right, it was like the, the war ended a, a month or two on one side or the other uh, of of the date I was supposed to be drafted. And of course, um, I don't. I guess we probably didn't know the exact date because they back then they would draw your birth date uh, and, th and they would draft you by birth date, by lottery, and everyone born on that date then would be, would be called up or between these dates and these dates. So uh, if, you had, if you had that, unless there was something wrong with you physically, you had to go, and I just barely missed uh, that window of being drafted. So it would have been a whole different life, I assure you. So anyway, amazing time. So I hope, I hope you'll support American warriors and, and honor those who went before us and gave their life so uh, bravely so all right we're very excited to bring krista bullock in here so let's bring in krista hello <laughs> you know, I, I can't really <laughs> yeah like you said it's all in the heart steve it's, it's in the heart <laughs> you know your dad does that too robin Bullock, and, and i go man i'm trying you know and he had go and share what your dad shared about where this you know the whole spock thing and where that came from 
Yeah. So, uh, and first of all, thank you, Steve, for having oh, me on yeah. today. It's it's My an pleasure. honor. I'm big Honor's fan. Ours. Big fan here. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. So anyways, um, those of you that are familiar with the show Star Trek, uh, if you're not, um, I, I mean, you can Google it. It's yeah. it's out there. <laughs> and so there's a very famous character on the show and his name is Spock. And he's known for the big pointy ears and yeah. uh, is very um, he's very intelligent. And so the uh, actor Leonard Nimoy was Jewish. And they were looking for something because he's supposed to be, you know, this um, this guy who's from another galaxy. And, you know, he's supposed to be very different. And they said, well, could you like give us a, a signal of, of something like a special wave, a special just something to let people know that you're different? And he said, well, how about this? He was like, how about this? They were like, yeah, that'll that'll work great. And that actually comes from his Jewish background of the priest uh, when they are Hebrews, when they would they would greet each other and they would say Shalom. Of course, in in the in the show Star Trek, it means live long and prosper, which we'll take that. We'll receive that. Yeah, too. that's um, close. Yeah. But they, when they would pronounce the blessing, they they would do their hands like this. And so that's actually where it came from. So it's it's actually a very uh, interesting uh, background for the reason why we do that. I love the story. Well, Krista, uh, by the way, yeah, I'm so the honor is ours. And uh, I've been wanting to have you on for a very long time. Talk to people about now you're a drummer for uh, your, your dad's band or however you call it. I don't know if your band has a name or is it just the. Is, <laughs> so guys, yeah, just the eleventh hour team uh, is usually what what we're called. Um, I'm the drummer on the eleventh hour program, which is on uh, my dad's channel, the Robin Deep Willow YouTube channel. So you can find that every Tuesday at eleven a.m. Central Time. And so I I play drums for him, and and I'm I play drums sometimes for the church. Also, my sister is actually the main drummer of Church International on, really? on Sunday morning. I didn't yes. know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. She is. She's actually the our main drummer. And so I'll, I'll fill in every once in a while or if we decide if the 11th hour team comes on and where the Lord leads us more in like a prophetic flow that day, then I'll play drums. And so it, it's a blessing to be able to switch it up like that. Wow. So then what else? You were just talking about your responsibilities about there and, and, and they've just changed recently. Talk about what you do in the ministry. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know exactly what I do behind the scenes. Uh, they either just see me on the 11th hour or Church International. and uh, But I am actually the director of outreach for Youth Force Ministries Church International. And so um, I, I began to do that for my dad, for the outreach ministry. And so any like coordinating events, um, anything, anything that required actually traveling and going out and doing things, that was my department. And so everything would would fall under uh, fall under that, but now I do the outreach for the entire ministry, and that is including the church as well. Which my mom is the pastor, who's also Robin Bullock. For those that don't know, and uh, so I do. The, I'm the director of outreach for the whole ministry. So that's actually what I do behind the scenes. I love it. Well, you, as yeah. I've said, you've been on uh, Elijah Fire, and I'm sure many other places. I know you guys went on. Uh uh what's it called flyover conservatives i've seen you on that as well yes. so good, good people over there so well Krista, you've got a testimony of healing and people a lot of people were praying because a lot of our people knew you were uh, in the hospital tell your story what what happened <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's uh 2022 has been one wild ride, I'll tell you yeah. that. And I uh, I I'll, I'll try to um condense it the best I possibly can, but um back in February, I um at, you know, I, we're excited for the new year. We're getting ready to to, you know, take off and and do everything we've got planned this year as as did everybody. And then all of a sudden, one one Sunday morning, I woke up, or Monday morning, I should say, that Sunday I was fine, but it, I can't remember, it was like the 21st, I think, February 21st, and I had this pain in my shoulder, and I had had this pain, uh, you know, periodically over the previous few years, hmm. and, I, and I woke up, but this time it, it was worse, and it wasn't going away. And so I said, well, I probably just pulled a muscle because I was uh, a fitness instructor also. So I, and I play drums. So I'm, you know, I'm constantly using this arm. I'm constantly using my right arm. And so so I woke up and I said, something, something's not right, but you know, it'll be fine. I'll take some ibuprofen, go on with my life. And uh, so the next day I played drums and I remember it very well because it was two twenty two twenty two. Oh my goodness! And, uh, yeah, so it's a significant date. And then the pain just still was not going away. And I began to realize there was a shortness of breath, and and I couldn't I couldn't breathe as well. And I would tell everybody, I'd be like, I'm okay if I could get this breathing un- under control. It's like, you know, I couldn't just catch my breath. Well, and, where and- people must have been wondering if that was a COVID thing, right? Because that was one of the yeah. symptoms, you know. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And so people would say, you know, oh, well, did you have COVID or anything like that? No, no, I, I didn't. And so I, I just felt this pain. And I said, I finally got to the point where I said, I, I, I think I'm going to go get checked out. And because I, and I'm not one big, I thank God for doctors and their yeah. wisdom, but I try to stay away from the doctor's office as sure. much as possible. <laughs> and so I decided, well, I'll, I'll go and I'll just see. So I told, I explained to them what happened. And, and the very supernatural thing about it was I wasn't going to go to the doctor. I said, I'll just see how I feel. And I noticed this mark on my chest. Really? And it was this red mark and it was right where all the pain was. And the red mark, Steve, made a cross on my chest. Yes, yes. And I don't get to tell that very often, but it did. And I actually have a picture. We can't show the picture and I'm not going to, but it it does. I have a picture to, to prove it. But I said, okay, God, what, you know, what are you trying to tell me? And so I just kept feeling, let's go get checked out. So I told him what was going on. When I got to the hospital, I would, they put me in the room. They, they figured it's a, a pulled muscle as well after everything I've explained to them. So I'm sitting down in the emergency room and I look up, you know, the little chart that they have on the wall what? that tells you who your nurse is for the day yeah. and everything. It was my name. And that was all that was beside the nurse and it was spelt exactly like I spell really? it. And I said, so I joked around with the nurse and I said, I, I said that am I my own nurse today? And she said, she started laughing and she said, Oh my goodness. She said, that's super weird because she hasn't been here in two days. Oh my goodness. And, and so it was like the Lord was telling me I was preparing this for you two days ago. Gee. And, and so when I got there, I told them what was going on. They did the x-ray. Well, they come in and they say, uh, Miss Bullock, do you, do you smoke? And I said, no. And they said, 
Well, um, your lung has completely collapsed. Your right lung. And I, it took me so off guard that I just said, are you serious? Like, I mean, that's not what I was expecting to hear. I had even told my mom because she dropped me off and I said, go grocery shop and do whatever, because, you know, it's going to take like 45 minutes for the x-ray to even come back. And they bust in the room 10 minutes later and Dude. said, said, you're like, there's no lung there. Like it's completely pancaked. And, but yes, they, my oxygen level was at a hundred percent. That doesn't seem possible. Does it, it doesn't. Yeah. But I'm going I'm to tell you, not only is my left lung a hero, but God, that's what happens when he breathes his life into you. Yeah. And, and it's the breath of life. It, it, it is. And so that's the only way. Well, anyways, they rushed me into emergency surgery. Um, that, really? that, yeah, emergency surgery immediately because they had to, they said, you know, if, if we don't get this done, it can start pushing your organs towards your heart because there's so much air that has pushed it down. So they said, we've got to, you know, suck this air out of your chest. So they, they got my lung inflated. Um, I spent four days in the hospital that time. They said the lung was good. It was good to go. So I was in recovery for about a month and couldn't really do any physical activity. And I'll never forget it on April 1st. And that's, that's the reason I can remember it. On April 1st, I felt this pain shoot through my chest and it was a pain that just you know would double you over and I, I said I'm going right now to the emergency room and so they did an x-ray they said everything was fine they thought it might have been scar tissue and here comes the doctor back I mean I was putting on my shoes I was getting ready to go and go home and he came back and he said um you've had another collapse he said it hasn't completely collapsed but it's on its way and uh so they said we're we're gonna have to take you in for you know just to uh, observation to see to make sure nothing happens so i spent the weekend in the hospital and they said listen if this doesn't resolve because god made our bodies to heal themselves right. And yeah. so normally that, you know, every single person has a certain amount of air that gets into their lung every single day, but your lung is built to absorb that air. And they said, well, if your lung does not absorb it, you know, then we we're going to have to talk about surgery to do something because they said every time this happens, your chances of it happening again goes up by like 30 percent each time. And so they watched me over the weekend. Now it's the only person I even have in town with me is my best friend. And so she took me to the hospital. She stayed with me. My parents were out ministering. Okay. And so they were in Nebraska when that happened. And so I called them and I was like, you know, stand with me, pray with me. And of course they did. And then they come into me after the weekend and they say, you know, uh, it hasn't gotten any worse but it's not getting any better. And so they advised me to have surgery. Well, I'm not the surgery kind of person, you know, I, I mean, yeah. I'm, and I'm sitting there praying. I'm like, God, you know, what, what do you want me to do? What, what is the wisest decision for me to make here? You know, I, I can, if you want me to stand and believe for my complete and total healing and put all my faith in, then that's what I'm going to do. But if you, if you think, you know, this has gone too far, and you're going to have to have 
doctors come in and help, then Lord, that's where my faith is. I, I just want to, I just want to put my faith where you want me to so put it. Good. Wow. And so I prayed that weekend and the Lord told me have the surgery. So I called my family. They all flew in from Nebraska as soon as as soon as the uh, meeting was over and they came in. Well, we did the first surgery. It was very um, invasive. And they actually uh, they went in like four places. Um, really? Had, had to snip part of my lung off the top part. Um, and then they had to cause like some scarring and some bleeding and they had to do that to my chest wall. So they actually had to go in and collapse the lung again to be able to do this. And then they administer this medicine that they, um, they compare to fix a flat. And so when the lung reinflates, what happens is it acts as an adhesive and goes to your chest wall and it's supposed to fuse it there. So it, it cannot move. And, um, so then they come in, um, over the next few days that usually takes about four or five days. Well, then they pulled the tube, not realizing they pulled it too soon. Oh and, no. Yeah. Oh, so they pulled it too soon and there's about that much air that's still on top of my lung and it has not inflated. So they come in and they say, we're going to have to put another tube in to suck the rest of the air out. This time they went through the front of my chest and not my side. And um, so they, Jeez. they took, yeah. It, so they took this little tiny one, sucked the air out. And uh, they were like, okay, we'll do another x-ray, see what's happening. The air's still there. It's still not working. Some, something is, is not right. And so, we, you know, of course, my family, we're, we're going to war over this situation. Yeah. And, and I had a dream one night. And in my dream, the Lord told me, he said, you're dealing with a diligent demon. And I thought, a diligent demon, a, a, a demon who is diligent to the job he's been sent to do. And so I began when I woke up, you know, you don't sleep much in the hospital, you know, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I woke up and I said, you know what? I said, I may be dealing with a diligent demon. I said, but I'm a diligent believer and I'm a diligent seeker. I said, and God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I said, and so I was speaking to the devil. Now I said, healing is not my reward. I said, because when I made Jesus Christ, the Lord of my life, healing became mine and everything he bought and paid for on the cross, he bore my my sickness and carried my pain and by his stripes I'm healed Gee, I said, wow. so that that already belongs to me I said but my reward devil I said is when I beat you because I will I said I will go around the world and tell everyone how you were not big enough to do this to me <laughs> and to keep it. me down and so they they came back in and they said we're gonna have to do one more operation and I said, okay. I said, well, let me, and I was not excited about this. No, I can't imagine. And so I'm praying and I said, God, I said, what do you want me to do? I said, one more time. What, what do you want me to do here? And it just came out of my mouth. And I said, all right. I said, we'll do this one more. I said, but then after that, I said, God will take it from there. Thanks for listening. 
The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. I said, this is it. So they put me back in surgery. This time they didn't have to make any incisions or anything because the tube was still there. So they administered the medicine back through and did the whole that creates the scarring and fusing it to the lung and everything and they came back in and this is the most supernatural part it was easter sunday resurrection sunday as we call it resurrection sunday i didn't get to go to church it's one of the only resurrection sundays i've never been to church which was very odd and so i i've stayed there that night Well, Monday night, my mom came to stay with me at the hospital because my dad had to be here Tuesday morning for the 11th hour. And so my mom came to stay with me. And at at around midnight, I was asleep. And this was this was about three days, three or four days after they did the very last procedure. She was asleep in the chair. Bless her heart. She stayed in that chair the whole time. And I I thank God for my parents when they were my rock. And so she saw the bathroom door open about this much and this bright light that's brighter than these broadcast lights that we have here came through the bathroom door. Well, my mom woke straight up and she thought, oh, no, I've missed the doctors. They have came in to read the X-ray. I've had more X-rays done on my body than most people. And and so they came and she said, and we were waiting on this one specific X-ray because that was going to be the telltale sign. And she said, I've missed the doctor. And she woke up, but there was nobody there. And she said, well, that's weird. She said, nurses usually don't come in and, and use the patient's restroom. You know, right. that's, that's not what they do. Well, about that time, I woke up and we both noticed it was midnight and it was moving into Tuesday morning. And I looked at her and she told me what happened, what woke her up. And I looked at her and about the same time we looked at each other and we said, we said at the it reminded us of the scripture of when the angel came to rescue Peter from prison. Oh, and so and Jeez. so we both said that at the same time. And she looked at me, she said, You'll be released from the hospital today. And I oh, said, well, Praise God. I said, I received that. Jeez, I got at chills this, just for that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause at this point, Steve, it had been 19 days and you want to talk about feeling like you're in prison, watching people, all your visitors, everybody that come to see you, they have the freedom to come and go anytime. And, and you're stuck there and carrying a machine everywhere you go, because you've got these tubes in your body and it, it can become a, a prison. And yeah. so I said, well, praise God, I receive it. And sure enough, the nurse came in that morning and I can't sleep because I'm waiting on her to come in and tell me, you know, what's going on. And they said, well, they said, it looks like we finally figured it out. And they said, your lung is good to go. And they (laughs) said, you can go home today. And I was like, thank God. And so when I went back later to to read the scripture of when Peter was in prison and the angel came to get him out, Steve, the wording. Now, a lot of people say, oh, well, that's just a coincidence. Well, just listen to the wording of this. It actually says contending after Easter. That's what it says. That's what it says in the scripture. 
And so that Sunday morning was, you know, what the world calls Easter Sunday. And it was two days later that I was released from the hospital. And so, um, yeah, so it's been since uh, April 19th. And yesterday I went to uh, my my wellness doctor and uh, he he did some tests on me. I had some tests run just to see what was going on in, in my body. And uh, besides just a few little tweaks that, you know, need to be made, he looked at me and he said, young lady, he said, you are actually in overall great health. He said, and he, he checked my ribs and everything because he said 99% of the time when you have so many tubes put in, a rib will be pushed out of place. Mm. He said, and he checked my ribs and everything. And he looked at me and he said, it's a miracle. He said, you don't have <laughs> one rib out of place. Wow. <laughs> and oh, so it is, it's only God, Steve, that I'm sitting here talking well, to it's you. It's such an amazing, I mean, there's so many areas that we could talk for a long time, but I mean, that I point of faith where your mom and you at the same time realized that this was the, the Lord yeah. rescuing you or the angel rescue, however it was. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, mean, I love it when that comes. And now people are watching this and I know you know, a hundred thousand will see this, if any, and, and they will say, they'll process. This is Robin Bullock. He stands for a strong faith. He's a word of faith guy. You're a word of faith people. We all are, but right. he's strongly that as I've gotten to know him. Yes. And yet at the same time, you realize that sometimes God does use the surgeon. I went through some of the same things, right. you know, I, I never had to have surgery, but I, when I was eight years old, my lung collapsed. So you realize that sometimes medical has to be used and God, God uses it. Has your faith grown uh, in the sense of, I mean, you still had to have medical attention. So talk about how your faith has grown, even though that had to happen. I mean, if I can ask it that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and I've had a lot of people uh, bring up the fact, oh, well, you know, God, God did this to you to to bring you closer and all this. OK, first of all, no, we're not yeah. even going there. Right. I know I know the hand of God in my life. I know his hand at work. I know what he does. I, I mean, he's he's my best friend and I, I know him well. And we talk on a daily basis. I talk to him and he talks back. I know his hand. I know his works. And me being in that kind of pain and going through that was not his hand. But me coming out of that and being where I am now is his hand. And so through all of that, see, what happened was I didn't know that there was a weakness in my body. I didn't I didn't know. And it came from me not listening to nutritional advice over the years. Yeah. I mean, people would say. You know, Chris, and I'm just being real transparent. Yeah, please I, do. I had a very, a very slight eating disorder. I, I didn't, I didn't eat very well at all, and it was if I ate at all. And people would tell me all the time, Krista, you need to eat. Krista, you need to eat. You need to eat some more food. You need to gain some weight. And you know what, Steve? The reason why they told me my lung collapsed was because I was tall and skinny. I was too skinny. And so all this time, the Lord was trying to to relay to me, Krista, eat, eat, build your body, build your strength up. But I didn't listen. I didn't listen to any of that. And so it got to a point where it was too far gone. And and so it 
the enemy came in and what he does is he exploits a weakness yeah. in our bodies. And if there was a weakness I didn't know I had in my body and he exploited it and he always comes after the weak link always. And I didn't know there was a weakness, but he came in, but where we're weak, God is strong. That's why we're in covenant with him. Where where our weakness is, that's where he his strength is, is to heal you, to touch your body. So that that way, you know, when we come in and we say, oh, my goodness, you know, God, I repent. I didn't I didn't mean to not listen to you. I didn't Ooh. know. He says he's there with his absolute good mercy and grace to say, you know what? It's OK but I'm going to come in and I'm going to make this situation better for you. And I'm going to pull you out of it. Just don't get yourself back in this again. Yeah. Don't, don't you do know, this again. You know, as you're telling this, and of course I'm having to almost reach for Kleenex several times here. Of course, I'm a father with two daughters yeah. and one son, kind of same as, as your family. And I, you know, it's not like you love your daughters more than your son, but you know, right. if something happened to my daughters, I'd feel more protective, you know, but right. I think where I'm sitting there listening to you and I'm thinking when my thoughts go to your mother and you sharing that moment of faith, yeah, gosh, that's where the tears come for me. I mean, there's something so powerful in a mother and a daughter or a father and a daughter or parents and a daughter and a green. And I know that everybody doesn't get that. I know that, you know, my, I didn't really have that myself in my life, but to what that, wonderful bond between a parent where your faith, I mean, you're, you're the little girl who grew up. I'm, I'm just use a dad's terminology. You're my little girl, you know, who grew up right. and now you're talking on an adult level where right. your mom gives you a word earlier and you said, I received that. I'm going, Oh my goodness. Right. You know, it's, it's now the adults speak. I don't, I don't even know how to put it into words, Krista, frankly, it just brings yeah. tears to my eyes. It's a really beautiful thing. And, um, Talk for just a minute, and then we'll go on to this other stuff we're going to talk about, about those that don't have the parent relationship and they come to this crisis moment. What would you say to them? Because not everyone has that wonderful relationship with, with their parents. Right, of course. Um, you know, the scripture says that he is a father to the fatherless, and he becomes everything to you. He's the he's what you are missing in your life. For those that don't have a spouse, he's your spouse. Yeah. For those that don't have a friend, he's the friend that sticks closer mm. than a brother. For mm. those that don't have a parent, he's so the father. True. He's the one that comes mm. in and he's the one that makes up mm. that gap in your life mm. and he's big enough to fill all of those voids in your life. And so if you don't have anybody to lean on, you don't yeah. have anybody, you know, today I was just thinking, you asked me how my faith has grown. It's because I watched his word work. I watched it. I've said my whole life, the word works when you work it. And I watched <laughs> it that. right in front of my eyes work. And I was thanking him this morning. I said, God, thank you that I got to see your word work in my life. I said, it is your word and only your word that could have pulled me through this situation. It's because when I got that report yesterday from the doctor, I thought, only God 
literally only God could could put my body back together, could put it back to the way it was supposed to be when doctors said there's nothing else we can do. And so I know that there's people watching that are going through even more serious situations than what I went through. But let me tell you something. God is the God of the impossible. And when it comes down and the doctors say, there's nothing else that we can do. That is where he shines and that's where he steps in. But he's asking you, put my word into action in your life. Put it in your heart. Speak it out of your mouth. Turn the TV off in the hospital room and, and listen to the word. Put it in you. Don't, don't, don't watch, don't watch garbage. Don't, don't read garbage. Get off Facebook. Get off Instagram. Get off all social media and put the word in you and watch it come to life in your life when you put it into action. And so that, Steve, is how my faith has grown. And that is my advice to anybody going so through good. an impossible situation today. You know, that, the word, and, you know, we, we talk about the Lord's Prayer and, you know, we talk about um, our Father, which are now, hallowed be in the name, we hallow his name, we yes. hallow his holy name. And yet he says, but I honor my word above right. my name. Are you That's kidding, right. Lord? Is You're telling me that what you said is more important to you than then your name, which you just told us to always say that when we yeah, pray. I mean, that's just like such a huge thing. And I mean, I, I remember going through back in the 80s, I began to kind of come across word of faith. And there was a lot of stuff that wasn't right during, during some of the word of faith. They got to monitor, you know, a little bit too much in the prosperity. In other words, the pastor would have multi-million dollar homes and several mm -hmm. of those and all of that. I mean, and I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying it got a little offbeat. Uh, off the beaten path is the word some major pastors fell. So the word of faith didn't stick that well when in the eighties, when I was going through that thing, but you know, even, the, even in the time with Robin and God is absolutely good, you know, his favorite saying and his word of faith. And he holds up that Bible. That's just fantastic. I mean, yeah, the teaching is so good. We could stop today and it would have been worth every second of this. But, well, listen, let's talk, jump into you've got a word uh, for the nation and whatever. I'm just going to throw it to you and just share your heart, what, what God's put on your heart today. Well, as as you know, that my my family and you know this from talking to my dad several times that we have such a heart for this country. Yeah. And for this nation, and not just this nation, but the nations of the world. We we really do. I, I just love people, Steve. I, I love, and I love God's people. Yeah. And, you know, and especially people of like faith. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, there's, and it's like you were, you were talking, you know, the word of faith people and, and, you know, God, God sends movements and, and here's, here's kind of what you were saying, like, okay, it didn't stick in the eighties that well. Well, the Lord tries every, every so often to introduce the world to us to a certain move well it's up to us to decide whether we're going to let that move of god happen in this nation or not and it and we can change the course of that 
we can change the course. You know, I remember around 2007, 2008, a massive prophetic movement tried to take place. And I know that I know that you're familiar with mm-hmm. with that time. And it really tried to. I mean, we you had, um, you know, of course, Kim was still with us at, at right. that time. And and uh, and what a oh, what a powerhouse that he was and so such a. So. And, uh, and, and then we had, you know, we had prophetic musicians and and people like that coming on the scene and it was trying to break loose. I remember Rick Pino got really big around that time and, and people like that and Misty Edwards and, uh, and it was just huge. The ramp with Karen Wheaton became massive and it was trying to break out during that time, but the church had become so seeker friendly at that time that Mm. they wouldn't let it in. And so we went through this dry spell of prophetic for so long because we wouldn't let it move. And now all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, here God comes again and he's yeah. like, all right, I'm coming in with it again. Are you going to let it move this time? And then we thank God for people like you, Steve, and and people that mm. would let let this happen and brother copeland that would let this happen and now this time as my dad always says it's the word of faith and the prophetic coming together and it's up to us to let this movement happen and to keep it going not just let it happen this is god intends on this to happen until his return yeah. He inti- he de- he never intends on a move of God. See, I was talking to my dad, and this is not in my notes. This is coming straight <laughs> off Good. the press Preach right it. here. Preach but it. I was telling my parents the other day, I said, you know, people, people have a misconception of what a move of God actually is. Mm. Some people just think it's a move of God is just, you know, a seven day revival at your church or, or, you know, or just one massive, awesome service that leaves everybody, you know, out in the spirit. And, and so they, they think, oh, this is a move of God right here. A move of God is something that doesn't just happen in one church. First of all, the move of God has to happen in your heart first. Mm. It has to be a revival in the individual's heart because we are the temple. We are who who carries this move of God. But a move of God is something that is supposed to not only sweep the church, sweep a city, sweep a state, sweep a nation and sweep the nations of the world. But it's not supposed to end it's never supposed to end. A move of God is supposed to start and continue, but it's us as men. And I mean, men as the collective human mm-hmm. race that stop these moves of God. And so this is fresh as a word for our nation. We have got to let this move of God that started a couple years ago continue until his return. We cannot let this stop. And it's up to you and I to keep it going. It's up to us to keep it moving. And it's if we can't just say, oh, well, that was a nice run. No, that's not the way. Look, go back. Like you said, in the 80s. Okay, it was supposed to break out then, but we stopped it. Then it was supposed to happen in the 90s, but we stopped it. 
That's when the seeker-friendly movement came on, and we wouldn't let the Holy Spirit move in the churches, and we wouldn't. Our music became too wild for people, and we said, and the church said, "No, we we can't do this. We might offend somebody," and it stopped a move of God. And how many people, Steve, are on the other side of of eternity? If we could talk to them today, that would say, "I'm on this other side because this move of God didn't happen." That I was the one that this was supposed to reach. Yeah. I was the one that this was, I was the one with the message to continue it, but you stopped it. You stopped it and wouldn't, and wouldn't let it continue. And I see that trying to happen right now. I see it trying to happen. I see people getting tired. I see people getting fatigued. I see people going, you know, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I can't take the heat anymore. I can't, I can't do this. I'm, I'm stressed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to take a nap. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the donate today button to become a partner today. You know, you see, you see people like this and that is where we've either got, now we've come to this decision. Are we going to stop it just like all the years and decades before? Or are we actually going to see the move of God that was intended for all, all generations? This is the time that God was talking about when he said, in these last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is it. This is that time that we're supposed to see the dry bones come together. And I don't know about you, Steve, but I'm going to do everything everything in my power that I'm not going to be the one when it's all said and done that God says, you stopped it. Yeah. You You know, what's what occurs to me is, you know, we're coming to a point where there's going to be a day of reckoning and there's going to be a turning over and we're going to get our country back. Right. But what I have resolved in my heart and see if this bears witness with you is, and I said this before months ago, I said, when this thing happens and we get this thing back in so many words, we still are going to need the prophets, not only then, but more then than we need them now. When we get our right. country back, we need the prophets more, not yeah. less. Because what happens is these move of gods, they kind of get to a part where they were hoping to get. And then they just, we, we, not they, we just want to coast. We said, okay, we're there. But right. that's where it stopped. When you're exactly. satisfied that that's good enough, it will stop. Exactly. Stop. So anyway. No, and, and you're right, because, see, the scripture says in Ephesians 3.20 that he he's exceeding abundant above all that we mm-hmm. can ask or think. So we can never actually get to the point where we say, well, this is all God has. There's no way. He's always ahead of you. See, every time you go up another level, your ceiling is God's floor. So he's always on on top he's always ahead of you and he's calling you higher always he's calling and he's in your future always calling you forward i know you've heard my dad say Mm -hmm. that several times he's he's in the future calling you you're never if we get to the point steve where we're content with what god is doing that's when we're in trouble and do you don't you think i mean you already said it in so many words that God loves it when you say, 
Lord, I love this. I love this. I love this, but it's not enough. I need more That's... of you. Don't you think it's like, he's like into that. Like here's someone <laughs> that says it's not enough, Lord. He's not saying, well, you're never satisfied. He doesn't want you satisfied, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because he he's always ahead of us and he sees the bigger picture. He sees what's to come. And, you know, one day it's going to just eventually get to the point where we get to heaven and we're going to get there. And I know Kat talks about it all the time and and we love her. She'll actually be in town with us this weekend. But she's you know, and we're going to get to the point one day where we see heaven and we're going to go. There was so much more. That there, it was almost impossible for us to reach the fullness of God, and so that's why we all need, always need to be striving to reach the fullness of God because He is so big. I mean, He is the Most High God. There is when He looks up, there is nobody there. <laughs> there is good. nothing there, and so we have always got to strive to see the fullness of God because that he's so big that we'll never understand well, it until reality, we're with If him. you really think about it, if God is who we think he is, if, we, if we, we're, we're beginning to learn, when we one day get to heaven, I've always thought, I've thought the hours and hours about this, you know, it's like if, if God is who he seems to be, then after our first week in heaven, there'll be more. And after our first, not that they have time in heaven because they don't, but after our first century in heaven, We'll be just tapping into what God has for us. Exactly. We, we think, well, we'll just see the greatest technology and the greatest love, and then then we'll we will have arrived, but apparently not. I mean, yes, <laughs> but yes, we have, but apparently He'll continue to unfold over and over throughout eternity more about Himself. Yeah, and you know, and I I think, and you were talking about the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Well, there's a part in the Lord's Prayer where it says, "On earth as it is in heaven," and so it is His will that we bring heaven to earth. It is his will that we see heaven on earth and is big. So that should go to to show people right there how big God actually is and how much that he has for us. Because if we're constantly praying on earth as it is in heaven, heaven is beyond our wildest dreams. I mean, you could, I mean, you can picture the most, the greatest thing of all time and it's greater than that. So we haven't even, like you said, we haven't even tapped in to part of the well, potential even, you know, of and God. I've been doing the Lord's prayer on and off for years. I sometimes I'll spend literally hours pondering the meanings of those words. This morning I was at, the Lord was saying, Steve, you want my will to be done? You're always praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, your kingdom come, your will be done. But he said, do you pray for your kingdom to come? That was the whole rule and reign of Christ is his kingdom. I'm stuck on, let your will be done, let your will be done. How about your entire kingdom? If they were were the same thing, he wouldn't have used two separate words. He used two separate words because the kingdom was the rule and reign and right. the authority and the power and you can't there's no end of describing his kingdom yeah. you know so I, it was that was just a new thing today i never thought why am i not focusing more on the kingdom what would that look like so i began to pray this morning lord i want to see your kingdom i want to see your kingdom today you yeah. know and that yeah. to me that increases the anointing that increased the anointing on the show frankly i believe because i'm yeah. seeing that you know i'm seeing his kingdom his rule Cat yes. talks about that. You know, we're ruling. We're supposed to rule and reign. You know, so 
I, it's your it's you're the guest so i'm not gonna no on, this, but is, I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is awesome and and you know i had something totally different in the notes and i'm gonna be honest with you i was not 100 percent satisfied with what I was, what I was talking about, but I was going to go where God wanted me to go. And then when you said you've got a word for our nation, the Lord just said, I, I mean, I just felt it come out of me. This is the word for our nation right now. We have got to continue this move of God. We have got, he, he tried to start it, you know, and, and I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, you know, I said, I, I know the Elijah stream has been around for, for a long time. I know the Elijah list definitely has. Yeah. And so, cause I, I remember that, you know, like I heard you say 25 years, 25 years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank that's you. <laughs> that's so amazing. And so I, I remember, you know, it's, it's been around for, for a while. And so, but the streams got really, you know, you guys Come, got really big. Yeah, it, yeah. About two years ago, little, you yeah. know, two years ago, and uh, it just and, exploded. It was it, and I'll just say this one thing: the streams yeah, became, ahead. the streams became, streams became what the Elijah list had always been in my right. desire to do. But all of a sudden, what I thought was the biggest thing God would ever do in my life, honestly, was the list. Right. Was you, when, you weren't even ready <laughs> not even not even and i think and that's part of your point too by the way it's like just when and if i think streams is it yeah uh -uh. oh yeah you know yeah, somebody's no. got something else i don't know i mean beyond more i'm not saying exactly. he would do away with streams but anyway um well, and you make the most of what, and, and it's not that, it's not that you're not grateful and it's not yeah. that you're, you're not, you're not happy with what he's given you, but you make the most of this time and this, and you're doing, you're tapping into every single thing that he wants you to do right now during this, this, we, you know, we, we've said season our whole life mm -hmm. during this season. And so with the Elijah stream, this is what he has you doing at this point, but he's got you focused and got you doing this. You don't even know what he's working on behind the scenes while you're so focused on doing this. Yeah. And you're so, because you're doing exactly what he wants you to do at the moment this is your your commission this is your mandate and he's working on something else for you to move into next your next phase and so by the time you think lord okay what are we doing he'll tap you on the shoulder before long and turn around and go ta-da this is you what know, i've been I, working on i spent a great deal of my life chris i've been walked with the lord most of my adult life but um when something would come along that I maybe have been God, I'd go, man, I don't know if I, that's above me. I just, and it wasn't false humility. It wasn't yeah. humility at all. It was like, I don't think I can do that. Um, <laughs> and I maybe, you know, I don't want to be um, presumptive and I would probably play that game a little bit, but basically I was scared to death is all that was. And so a couple of years ago, about probably, I don't remember if I knew your dad yet or not, but I was driving into town and i remember what i don't remember what i was listening to a thing on the radio or a pastor on the radio and i i don't think i stopped the car but it was i felt like i stopped it because i was in the car and something changed something shifted in me and i said lord from this point for the rest of my life i didn't plan on doing it i said whatever you tell me whatever you're going to tell me the answer is yes and I thought, man, this is completely different. Am I losing my mind? You know, should I, you know, that's too, and, and 
other things have happened. I wish I had written down the day and date so that I would know that for sure. But then things started popping, popping, popping. And then I said, well, I don't have to ask you once I know it's him. I need to know it's him. Yeah. And I already told you, yes. So here we go. Right. So I don't know. That's like, it's a different, it's a big old shift. Um, So if, if when we get our country back, whatever it is that would normally be in us, that says, okay, we can take that sigh of relief, but we got to go, God, what do you want us to do now? And the prophets need to be doing exactly what we're doing now, only more of, you know, it's like, um, and of course the worshipers more of the preachers more of all of that, you know, we got to say, Okay, now that we got our country back, let's get this Lord, the Lord, so immersed in this nation right. that we won't recognize it, you know. Right, because the only thing that's going to save this nation is a move of God, because our Pledge of Allegiance says one nation under God, under God. And so we saw two years ago when we experienced the biggest church split of all time we we experienced the biggest split in humanity of all time because it went far beyond politics it went far beyond now that's not even the that's not even the well, thing. What, what are you describing that happened two years ago so, so we're, on, we're on rumble right or right are we, we're on rumble are, you say whatever you want okay you don't have to talk so when the election was stolen yes <laughs> when yes. When we experience the greatest treason in history, we experience the greatest fraud and crime that was ever committed in this country. It split the human race in half and it went far beyond politics because it immediately went to who stands on the Lord's side, who is on the side of the Lord and on the side of righteousness and who, who is not that there there's, That's it. That's the two sides. It's who's on the Lord's side and who's not. And we saw, we saw Christians fall to the other side. We saw what was actually in their heart. See, it didn't create character, Steve. It revealed character. Yeah, that's true. It it revealed what was already in people. And at that moment, you saw what was in people. So two years ago, God was saying in 2020, he was like, all right, here's the move of God. This is what's going to save this nation. It, it's not, yes, he raises up men and women in high authority. And we know he raised up our rightful president mm-hmm. to be, which is Donald J. Trump. Mm-hmm. He, he raised him up and he, he is using him as, as his guy. That's, that's him right now. Just as he's used all these people in the scripture that we read about. He raised men and women up throughout time because there's people that can carry anointings that other people cannot carry. And so we, we saw this happen and he's like, okay, this is one, this is my country. 
one nation under God. This is under me. This is my nation. And so I'm going to release a movement in this nation. I'm going to release a movement of the prophetic. I'm going to release a movement of the word of faith because it's time you two quit fighting each other and it's time you come together. This time, I don't want just a one or two or three fingered hand of God. I want all of them. I want the whole fivefold ministry. You know, I told Jeff, one time on Elijah fire, I could pick this phone up with three fingers. I could pick it up and I could hold it just like that. But if somebody came to rip it out of my hand, I have no grip on it whatsoever. The church had cut off the fingers of God. Mm. They had cut them off. So we were only gripping a sword or trying to grip it with a three, two or three fingered hand. Well, God says there's the, there's the teacher cleans out the ear, the pastor married to the church, the middle finger, which is the evangelist, because it reaches further than the others, the prophet, which is the pointer finger, points the way, and the apostle is the thumb. It touches all the other four. But the church... For so long, this is what has stopped those moves of God, Steve. They've cut off the different fingers and said, well, this one offends me. This one don't look like what we need. This one, this is not, this is not what we want. This is not what we wanted revival to look like. And you've been trying to grip a sword with two or three fingers. But God said this time, no, I want the whole, I want my whole hand in the earth. I want my whole hand on this nation because it is my nation. So see, if I grip this phone with all five fingers, not only do I have a grip on it, but if somebody comes to try to rip it out of my hand, it ain't leaving my hand. It's not going anywhere. And so... It's going to be the church. We still have the greatest voice of all time. We are the hope because we bring hope through us. Jesus is our hope, but we are his voice in this nation. He speaks through us. And so he's saying, this is my move this time. This is my move in this nation. I want all my fingers back. I want all of them because this is what we're going to use to grip this sword. And this time when the enemy comes to rip it out of your hand, you've got such a grip on that sword that it's not going anywhere. And so I encourage not only the people in this nation, but especially the body of Christ, quit Quit fighting each other. Quit talking bad about each other. You're stopping the move of God instead of encouraging the move of God. And that's what's going to keep this move going is when we encourage the move, not stop it. Do you have any thoughts or insight about, you know, there is a significant part of the church that kind of went to sleep. And again, I'm saying this as a person who loves the church, all, all, all parts of the church including those that fell asleep, kind of like the wise versions. Five fell asleep. They just said, I don't want to deal with this. Tell me when it's over. I, 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 or, or their behavior maybe indicated. Again, I'm trying not to in any way disparage those that are discouraged and fell asleep or quit. Do you right. have any insight how they are to be, um, you know, your dad, Robin, talks about that there's a certain point and he talked, I, you know, I don't have it down, but until so many things begin to happen that you become so asleep is that, um, and he has a whole teaching on it. It's a, it takes it half an hour, but until there's an invasion 
uh, foreign invasion. You've heard him talk about that, that right. you won't, you won't wake up my words kind of, but um, how do you see those who inadvertently fell asleep? Like the virgins that fell asleep, mm-hmm. they didn't know what else to do. How do you see that them being reached or wake up, you know, um, because we're well, we're people who are on fire for this, so we're talking. Right. right. How, how does that part get reached? What are your thoughts? Well, I I preached a message uh, last year, and it was titled "Wake Up Sunshine," and it was all about. Um, it started out as, with a revelation of Esther and how you know she, the Lord came looking for her every single person has their wake up sunshine moment where god will say arise and shine for that light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you and so that's where the whole message came from and it was talking about had esther decided to stay asleep when her alarm clock went off when the lord said wake up sunshine get up if she had decided "Mm, no i you know I, i don't feel like getting up today Then Mordecai told her, he said, if you don't, if you do not open your mouth and speak, help and deliverance will arise from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. You're not going to be exempt from this just because you don't open your mouth and speak. Mm. And so and so whatever you decide to do, you're you know, that that's up to you. But God is calling you right now. Get up. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. Do something. Do something. And so, Steve, at some point, see, God calls us all. We all have a wake-up sunshine moment. Mm. And I believe two years ago in 2020, the church, the church's alarm clock went off. And there was those that decided to get up. And there's those that decided to stay asleep. But because God is so absolutely good and so gracious and so merciful, he will continue to call because he he he's not willing that any should perish. And so he will continue to call us and call us and call us and tell people, get up, get up. But at some point, see, the one thing God will never do is override your will. Because he gave you free choice. Because if he could, you've heard my dad say this, you'd already be saved. He, he, you would have gotten saved from the time you came into this world. Because he's not willing that any should perish. So he will continue to call. But at some point in time, if you do, keep ignoring him, keep hitting that snooze button. I'm not getting up. I'm staying asleep. He will move on and call somebody else. Because just like... If we're if we've got a job to do and we keep calling somebody, hey, get up, get up. We've got to go. We're going to be late. We've got a job to do. We, we've got this. And somebody just says, no, no, you're not going to sit there and shake them forever. You're going to move on because why? You're burning daylight and you've got a job to do. And if you continue to ignore his call and to stay asleep, well, it's not that he's willing that you should perish. You chose to stay asleep, and he yeah. will move on and call somebody yeah, else. Yeah, me. I don't get a lot of um, physical supernatural. In other words, I don't, I don't have angels tap me on the shoulder all the time. But once in a while, and I, you know, a year or so ago, because again, it's kind of rare with me. But I'm sitting in my chair. I've had a show probably, and I'm just sitting there, kind of taking a little nap. 
and on my knee. It's like a, a nice, soft, but firm enough to wake me up. And I'm going, okay, Lord, is that you? And if it's you, what do you right. want? Right. And, you know, he never answered me. He basically said, get up. <laughs> <laughs> get up. I go, but uh, there's nothing. Um, is someone coming to the door? Is there danger right. in the house? There was nothing. Sometimes he just says, get up. You don't need to be doing that, you know? So yeah. um, it's, a, it's happened enough times that I'm kind of going that I really pay close attention to. And yeah. I just think he's he's... He could use a much more forceful way, but he tends to be gentle unless he really has. Yes. <laughs> yes, but you had your moment of wake up sunshine and you said it earlier when you said, Lord, I say yes, Yeah. whatever, whatever this means. When he was caught, your alarm clock went off, Steve, and you said, all right, Lord, I'll get up. I'll do this and look at what it has produced. Look at this. And I believe, see, I preached this message a whole year ago. I believe that God is coming around one more time to, to people who've decided to stay asleep and saying, all right, I'm giving you one more chance. Come on, mm. get up. Let's do this. Let's do this thing because I've got a job to do and I've got a move that I intend on seeing happen. And see, he made a promise to Moses when he said, my glory will fill this earth. God is not a man that he should lie. And if he says that he intends on something happening, bless the Lord, he intends on it happening. And oh, so good. he, but he wants us because we are his family to be a part of it. And so this is the move of God that he's wanting to happen. So those of you that said in the past, Lord, I, 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 I want to stay asleep. I really don't want to open my mouth. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to offend anybody. All this, throw that, throw that in the garbage, throw that away and get up and let's do this thing because he said, my glory will fill this earth. And I don't know about you, Steve, but I want to be a part of seeing so his much, you know. You know, There's so many people we've, I've taught on hearing the voice of the Lord um, for years and years, because that was that's my area. I teach people how to hear the voice of the Lord. But one of the most profoundly simple and profoundly profound ways to hear the Lord is I'm walking around and I think to myself, boy, I probably ought to call my mom. Out of nowhere... That's the voice of the Lord saying, you know, wake up, sunshine, do something. You know, right. that's that, that, that saying that says, don't just stand there, do something. It's right. like the Lord saying, don't just stand there, do something for the kingdom. And he will something. then, you can't, you know, you can have a rocket sitting on the launch pad with the most expensive guidance system in the whole world. But if the rocket's not moving, it cannot be guided. You have to that's move. And if you want God to show you what to do, don't just stand there, do something that yes. you know is kingdom Related, and he will just go, and he'll just start turning. You know, you exactly. gotta move. You gotta move. I, I, I had a brother a few years ago, three or four years ago. Now, and this had not happened yet, but he was convinced he heard the Lord. I'm not saying he didn't, but he said, "Well, I know what God said." He said, "There's going to be a civil war," so I'm just, and it, the words were kind of like we're going to hunker down because the civil war is coming. And I'm thinking, why would you accept at face value? that we're going to start fighting each other. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, wake up and fight that. If it comes, you won't be able to stop it. But why not say to the Lord, Lord, like Abraham, if there's 10 righteous, would you not right. cause that? 
You know, God loves to be challenged. He loves to be challenged with his word. He loves to be challenged using his words. Lord Abraham said, Lord, if there were 10, would you destroy this nation with a civil war? You know, and he goes, he would say, yeah, thank you. I was just waiting. I looked for a man to stand in the gap, and I finally found one. Right. And so, and, you know, and this, this leads me, I am going to read one thing from my notes that well, I you can read as much as you want. Go for and, it. Well, you know, sometimes the Lord takes you in a completely different direction. Yeah. And because, but Steve, first you got to open your mouth to speak. Yeah. That's and right. then he's, he said, if you open your mouth, he'll feel it. Yeah. He, he fills your mouth with good things. And so all we had to do was just start the That's program right. today and so he would go from there, which is why my dad never has any notes because he just, <laughs> he just goes, I can't guarantee you he'd go, he'd go with it anyways. Yeah. But I wanted to read, and this goes along though, with everything we said today and, and we were talking about it. And I know that this is the thing that uh, your team wanted me to expound on. And it's a quote by Thomas Paine. And for those of you that don't know what, who Thomas Paine we is. We got his picture, by the way. So we'll put, there's Thomas there he Paine. Is. So Thomas Paine, I'm going to actually read you a, a, a snippet of his biography, who he is. So, you know, he authored Common Sense in 1776. Imagine that, Common Sense and the American Crisis, two of the most influential pamphlets at the start of the American Revolution and helped inspire the Patriots in 76, 1776 to declare independence from Great Britain. And so that's who Thomas Paine was. And so he's very intelligent, very uh, just remarkable man. Like his words carry so much weight. And so he was a big, big person back in the American Revolution. And he has... He has a quote that absolutely shook my core when I read it. And it says, and and I'm going to find it right here. It says, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. And so this is what we're talking about, this move of God. And also it can go along with that, with, um, you know, those that expect to see this move of God must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting the move of God, of encouraging. You know, I mentioned earlier that I was a fitness instructor. I'm actually, a lot of people don't know that I'm certified to teach three different fitness programs. It's a massive part of my life. And, um, and so I know I help, I used to help coach people. They, they'd come, this is the body I want. You know, this is what I want to look like. This is it. And so, okay, that's our goal. That's where we're going. And so I remember when I was in that place, when I said, okay, this is what I want. This is my goal weight. This is my goal body. This is, you know, different things. Mm-hmm. We all say that mainly around January 1st, we yeah. say that. And so I would help people reach that goal. Okay, well, eventually, if you're consistent and you're dedicated and you put in the work, you're going to reach that body. You're going to reach that goal weight. You're going to do that. But then at that point starts the real work, because at that point, you can't go and just sit down and go eat junk food and go do everything you did before then and expect to keep it 
Mm-hmm. Expect to stay like that. Expect to continue to look like that, which is why some people later on in life, they look back and they say, well, I don't have the same body I did at 30 years old. Okay, well, what did you do to keep it? What did you do? Well, I quit working out. I had kids, so I quit working out. I got married, so I quit working out. And you're like, okay, well, how did you expect to keep that? Steve, our founding fathers worked. They put in the work to give us the country that we have. They gave us, you know, one founding father said, you have a republic if you can keep it. Yeah and keep it they they gave their lives men and women fought for this nation for the freedom they did everything they could to make us independent to to make us one nation under god and so we know that if we fight we're going if that's what we're working towards if we're putting in all the work we're putting god first we're doing this we're going to get there eventually and we got there because of those men and women who dedicated their lives to seeing this happen. We got where we are in the body of Christ because the men and women did everything. They dedicated their lives to give us the teaching that we have, to to give us the word and the revelation that comes out of the word. Okay, we're going to get there at some point. We got here. Now what are we doing to keep it? What are we doing to to stay a free nation? What are we doing to stay this republic if we can keep it? Like he said, okay, we must, like Thomas Paine says, that's what he's talking about. Those who expect to reap the blessings of what these men and women put into place must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. It's just like exercise. You're going to have to stay dedicated. You're going to have to continue to work and put in the work because this is when the real work starts. We've been a free nation since 1776. We've been a free country since then. That's why we have July 4th and when you shoot fireworks and you have your big barbecues this is why but now our country is under attack the biggest attack we've ever seen in our lives what are we doing to keep it free what are we doing to keep moving we must stand up we've got to speak up we've got to be bold and keep moving Mm. because we can't just expect to sit around and just go back to doing what we did in the past and everything and expect to reap the blessings of what happened. And it's the same way with the body of Christ in this move of God. Okay, God's released this movement of the prophetic, the word of faith, the Elijah stream, flashpoint, victory, all the 11th hour, yeah. all of things all of you have put in the time and the effort and the dedication to get us to this point. Now, we must continue to support and encourage this move of God, not only in the body of Christ, but in our nation, because it's the body of Christ that's going to save this nation. So, Steve, now it's when the real work begins. So true, so true, so true. How many of us have done that whole diet thing? You know, <laughs> at 67, I've done too many of those, but you you do all the work to get up to the point. This is where I finally wanted to get. And that's when you say, well, now I'll treat myself. And then, right. then, it, then it goes, starts going backwards right away. You got to exactly. get there. You got to hold the position. Same thing with our Republic. So 
Well, uh, Krista, um, the people, there's a lot of people watching that are very, very encouraged and some people that are really exhorted. They've, they've even been part of this movement of being those that are awake, but they've said, uh, I see them all doing it and they're praying for us. Maybe um, pray for the people that are saying, I just, I don't know how to get off dead center. I love what's going on, but I don't know what to do myself. And right. you know, encourage people and pray for the people and whatever you want to do on that. Right, of course. And and like we've said earlier, our nation will come back. Yeah. We, we will see this change. But when it happens, that's what we're talking about. Keep the movement going. Yeah. Don't don't stop there. Don't be content because God has so much more for us. So I just wanted to make that clear. Our, yeah. our, we will see God's glory fill this earth, but we've got to continue and keep it moving until his return. And then that's when the party starts, Steve. That's when, yeah. it's, that's when it gets real good. Very but for good. those of you that are watching today and, and you're feeling, I get it that you're feeling tired. I get that you feel fatigued. I trust me. I know mm -hmm. I'm on, I'm on, you know, people tell me that, you know, you guys are on the front lines. Okay. Yeah. That's not an easy place to be. I honestly, I didn't ask to be here, but I said yes to God. I just like you. I said, yes. When he said, get up, I said, okay, I will. And wherever he wanted to take you, me, all of you watching, then that's where we go. But let me tell you where he calls you, he equips you and he equips you to be there. And he equips you to the point where you can storm hell with a water gun. You can. He he will give you. If he sends you down on the front lines, he'll give you the water pistol to put out the fire. Awesome. So do work. that. So I understand and I, I get where you're coming from today. So first of all, for all of you watching that are feeling tired and you're feeling discouraged in your spirit right now, the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, Lord, right now, I pray for an indescribable amount of joy to mm. fill their lives. Lord, just just let them begin to laugh uncontrollably. Just something they don't have any idea where it comes from. And you know what? You say, well, how do I how do I laugh? Just start by throwing your head back and laughing. Just start it. And then it will just <laughs> come from there. And that strength will build up in your life. So right now, I send joy through this camera into all of your mm. homes, into all of your mm. lives today. I speak a peace. Lord, you said that there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. That even in the midst of what the world calls a famine, what the world calls a struggle, what the world calls a recession. And Lord, we know that you are the God of more than enough, that you are you are our king. You are our, our mighty. Lord, you are everything. You are our conqueror. You give us the strength. You give us the power, but you are also the Prince of Peace. And so in this, in the midst of everything going on, I pray the peace that surpasses all understanding to flood their hearts and mind. Lord, you said it would guard our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray for joy, peace, and Lord, most of all, I pray that love fills their homes. Lord, you said that love never fails. Lord, 
to the marriage that seems like it's it's it, that it's falling apart. Mm. Lord, you said that love never fails. Lord, I ask you that that they begin to press into real love, not what the world calls love, but you, you are love. And Lord, you never fail. You've never failed us before and you'll never fail us from here on out. So Lord, I pray that restoration happens mm. in that Lord, between the parent and the child, Lord, that a love happens and that no, that it spills over into their entire household. Lord, so that love reigns king in their house and that they have the ability, Lord, to take on what the world is throwing at them. Lord, the world tells us a lot of things. And for those of you watching, any self-help advice, anything that you could get from a book, anything like that, it comes down to three points. And that's love, that's joy, that's peace. And it can only be found in Jesus Christ. And so today, if you're watching, but I cannot leave this program, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's the reason I'm sitting here today, and he's your only hope and the only way you can make it. The scripture says he's the only way to the Father. There is no other way than through Jesus Christ and his blood. And I'm about to tell you the greatest thing of all time. The Bible makes it the easiest thing in the world to do. All it says is that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, then you shall be saved. So I just want those of you that are there to repeat after me, just say, Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And if you want to add something to it, you just say, now take my life and do something with it. I say, Yes. And from this point on, you are part of the greatest family. You are my brother or my sister now in Christ. You're Steve's brother and sister. Mm -hmm. We are in this together. And I am honored to stand on the front lines with you. And so today, for all of you, I speak shalom, peace, love, and joy to fill your lives. And get this, your best days are ahead of you. They are not behind you. So Hallelujah. Good. Hallelujah. Hey, tell people, uh, thank you so much, Kristen. Um, you. You, you said Kat and your dad and all the whole, whole I know who all is going to be there. Is it <laughs> is it Kat and your dad and who all is speaking this weekend? Uh, yeah, so Kat is the main, um, the main speaker this okay. weekend. We're so honored and so blessed to have her with us. I'm sure my dad will say something, of course. Uh, but my, my mom will be speaking at times, I'm, I'm sure. But it's uh, October 15th and 16th at Church International in Warrior, Alabama. If you're, if you're around the area, it's completely and totally free. Come on, no registration required. If you can't make it, uh, tune in with us on live stream. You can go to churchint.org and find out all the information there and you can also tune in to church yeah, international yeah. on yeah that's it you it's can a, tune in to church international on youtube because the meetings will be streamed also and, and krista do you have any social media presence or are you off of social media or do you, do you have anything you'd like to tell people about at all uh yeah i am on social media um i do instagram more than anything so okay. that i love to connect with everybody and you can find me on instagram at krista j bullock just like it's written on the screen Perfect. 
Krista, yeah. thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you, it. I really don't have words adequate to express how glad and happy I am that you came today and how powerful thank that was. You. Amazing. You've uh, thank you so me much. Up. So God bless you. And God everyone have you. a great weekend. And on Monday, Johnny Endo will, will be back for another episode of Johnny Endo Unfiltered. So always awesome. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks, Chris, again. We'll see Thank you all you later. Bye-bye. I'll do this. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> this has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.